Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith. Uh, please be sure to download the Cat Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content. And also, please, if you'd like to help Joe and I out on social media, uh, please visit our website, thefrontlinetv.com, thefrontlinetv.com. All of our content is up there, and of course, you could find us on YouTube. And today, we are very pleased and honored to be welcoming back a friend of the program, Teresa Tamio. And it's not like any of you out there don't know Teresa, uh, but I want to give a quick bio. And we are going to be discussing, by the way, the 2022 Pontifical Message for World Communications Day. Teresa is an author, syndicated Catholic talk show host, and motivational speaker with more than 30 years' experience in TV, radio, and newspaper, and spent 19 of those years working in front of the camera as a reporter in the Detroit market. In the year 2000, Teresa left the secular media to start her own speaking and communication company. She, uh, Teresa Tamio Communications, LLC, and her website and blog at TeresaTamio.com. Her daily morning radio program, Catholic Connection, is produced by Ave Maria Radio and EWTN's Global Catholic Radio Network and can be heard in over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio affiliates worldwide, including Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Teresa Tamio, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe, our friend. Hey guys, how are you? It's always great to be with my paisans. Oh, we're That's good. Right. We're yeah. good. Joe, you... since we talked to you, Joe's in Arizona. He moved out of Jersey. You left Jersey? <laughs> I got... Teresa, I got out of Dodge, as they say. Yeah. How's you know, the from, weather in Arizona? Probably a lot nicer than it is in Jersey. It's right? a lot nicer, but what I found out was that you know it gets cold in the desert. You know, it, it gets real hot in the summertime, and it gets a little chilly in the uh, in the wintertime. But I'll tell you what: for religious reasons, tax reasons, all sorts of reasons, my wife and I said, "You know what? We're getting out of New Jersey. We're going to Arizona." I get so yeah, it, it, really it is it. nice out here. It's a, it's different. We've been here for a couple of weeks, but anyway, um, communication. Teresa, World Communications Day. Um, and the Pope had a few things to say. So with that, I'm going to, uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about. I'm going to hand it over to Joe so we could start with a prayer. Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us. Amen. Amen. 
name of the Father, amen. Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, Teresa, as Joe said, uh, the Pope had a message um, for World Communications Day. I just want to read you a short excerpt of it, and I love your comments because I think what he's saying is so important. He says this, he encourages us, us to pay close attention while listening. The Holy Father goes on to say, it is only by paying attention to whom we listen to, to what we listen to, and to how we listen, which basically allows us to grow in the art of communicating. We are losing that ability to listen to those in front of us, both in the normal course of everyday relationships and when debating the most important issues of civil life. Uh, Ernest Hemingway said this, actually. He said, people don't listen. And I agree with him. When we get into these conversations, Teresa, not necessarily us, but people in general using the proverbial people, do people listen or are they just looking to respond? No, I don't think I don't think we listen well enough at all. And I think that's why I appreciate the message of the Holy Father so much. And that's why I love to dive into these teachings, because the church is and this sounds like the Department of Redundancy Department, but consistently consistent with, with her messages. And the title of the World Communications Day Statement this year is Listening with the Ear of the Heart, which is actually from the uh, opening of the Rule of St. Benedict, where St. Benedict is reminding us to listen to the heart. So we open our ears, our mind, but we open our heart. What is God trying to say to us? What are other people trying to say to us? And the, the whole art of listening is so important, but we don't do that anymore. Look at what's happening in the culture right now. And this is happening, unfortunately, over this vaccine issue, I have to say, within the Catholic Church. I talked about this on, on Catholic Connection just recently in, in the sense that it, everybody is judging everybody else. If you do take the vaccine, if you don't take the vaccine, if you support a mandate, if you don't support a mandate. I mean, the church says this is not a, this is a prudential matter on which we may disagree. You can decide on your own if you want to take the vaccine. The church has consistently been against mandates, but even in the Catholic Church, we're not listening to each other unless we're in this camp or that camp. Uh, there's there's division and that's a real problem. So no, we're not listening and we're not even doing it here in the Catholic Church, unfortunately. That's my you know, opinion. That's a great point. And, and that's why we have a Pope. The Pope is the unifier. Um, and you're right. People aren't listening. Like I, I say the same thing. Like I defer to the Pope on that. And it's mm -hmm. up to the person. It's, it's, it's just up to the person. And like you said, it's not for me to judge X who didn't take it or this one took it, it's up to the person and you just respect it. Why? Because that's what the church says. And too many people in the church are creating a church within a church that's not, on both yes. sides, actually. Right. Right. And right. it's not that that is not the Catholic Church. You know, Jesse Romero says this and he's right. Stick, keep your hands at 12 and two. There's two ways to leave the church, the left door and the right door. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's frustrating to me because Satan is, I said this on the air just recently on Catholic Connection, that Satan's having a field day with a division in the church and a division in the world. I mean, this is, he's, he's just, this is all great. Everybody's fighting with each other. And the approach that we've taken uh, on my show and on uh, REWTM programs is, is, as you just said, Joe, this is what the church is saying. In this matter, this is prudential. You can make up your own mind. This is not, for example, we can't disagree on the essentials such as abortion because that's always intrinsically evil or contraception that's always intrinsically evil. But when it comes to whether we 
want to take a vaccine or feel it's necessary, that is something that we can pray about. We can, you know, take a look and see what the Catholic uh, catechism says on our conscience. How do we form our conscience well and properly? And then we make that decision. But this is a prudential matter, and yet there is still so much division on this alone, not to mention all these other issues that are, are constantly before us. No, that's uh, that's right. Teresa Tomio joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. It's so it, it's interesting, Teresa. We uh, Joe and I recently did an interview with Father Gerald Murray, saying the same mm -hmm. thing, the same thing. The devil's having a field day. Why? Because right. his greatest weapon is to is to divide us. Mm -hmm. You know, to, to divide us. Now, look, Joe and I are are uh, weak need men. Okay, we, we, we don't we don't we, we we follow church teaching. Okay, but that does you see the problem is and you can talk about this. All right. You talk about communicating. And obviously we're talking about the Pope saying that we need to listen. Okay, that doesn't mean that you're you're somehow um, going to because you're listening and opening your, your mind and your heart to those things that are the concerns of other people doesn't mean that you're going to somehow what water down the faith or say something that's untrue. No, we don't believe that at all. Okay, mm -hmm. but you do have to understand where somebody's coming from. You do right. have to actually sit down. Even even look look at the Sisters of Life. Just give you an example. All right, they listen to the women who are about to go in and have an abortion, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's why they get turnarounds. You right. know, maybe they don't get through to everybody. So comment on that. This idea that if you do listen, somehow you're not being, let's say, a faithful Catholic, or you're not being bold enough if you if you open your heart and mind to another person's point of view. Well, I mean, that goes to the opposite of, of what the church is. If the Pope is, is the head of the church, and then then we should be listening to him to see what he says. Now, again, on prudential matters, if he if he says, you know, I like this type of cereal or something else or something that's not concerning an, an intrinsic evil or a matter of faith and morals when he's teaching from the chair, then, okay, we could say, well, I'm not so sure I, I agree with this position. But when it comes to, you know, these, these certain matters that are essentials of the Catholic faith, we are called to agree with not only him but with the overall uh, body of the church the church teaching and listening means that you are considering the other person it means that you are treating that person with dignity it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to agree with him or her let's say if you're just having a conversation with someone on an issue but if you respect that person then you're going to listen and you're going to listen with the ear of the heart. What's on the heart of the person? What are they trying to tell you? And, th and that's why I, I just love this message. And of course, I love this whole idea of listening with the ear of the heart, again, from, from St. Benedict and his, his uh, rule. But we don't see listening anywhere. There, there's a story that's been happening, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with it, the last couple of weeks it has been developing across the river, not too far from, from us in Michigan and, and you over on the East Coast in Canada, uh, where you've got truckers and you've got uh, many concerned Canadians, most of whom, by the way, are vaccinated because 90% of the Canadian people have received the vaccine, according to the latest statistics, but they're speaking up against the mandates. They're not anti-vax. Some of them may be anti-vax, but most of them aren't. Most of them are just against the mandates and are leaving the vaccine up to the individual person. And yet now there's calls in the secular media to ignore them, to poke fun at them, to label them as racist, extremists, neo-Nazis, uh, focusing in on one person who was carrying a Confederate flag. Even the prime minister is basically labeling them and putting them in a box and saying that, well, you know, they're not like those good people in Black Lives Matter. I attended those protests, but I'm not going to attend these protests. He's in hiding because he doesn't want to listen to what his own people, thousands of them, I mean, we could debate how many truckers are actually there, but from what I could see in the videos, it's a pretty big number. I don't know the exact number. And there's a large crowd of people that's been there now for several days. Yeah, They're not listening. 
the government is not listening to their own people. The media in Canada are not listening to their own viewers and their own listeners. Nobody is listening anymore. They just want to shut everybody down when they disagree. And that's not what we're supposed to be doing in terms of treating each other with dignity. Teresa, let me follow up on that for real quick, okay? We are called, let's say for argument's sake, if we, if we have, as we know, the fullness of the truth, okay, in our teachings, in the, in the Catholic Church, okay? We are very, it's easy for us to, to listen to other people because we don't doubt our position. We're strong in our positions and we're strong right. in the truth, okay? The, the problem, and you brought it up, and it's funny, we covered this on our, our social media show the other day. There's 50,000 truckers and then all the people that are supporting them along the way in all those towns from, from British Columbia all the way to Ottawa. What do you do? Now, this is an important question. I love your response to this. What do you do when the other side is not listening? See, I don't have a problem listening. I listen to many people. I work around many people. I'm in the hospitality industry. I talk to a lot of people. I have no problem being firm in the faith and, and our beliefs, and at the same time listening to other people because I know them to want to enter into, let's say, a, a, a sincere conversation. What do you do when you're dealing with a Biden or a Trudeau or, or a Pelosi or, 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 or any of these, these, yeah, let's call them tyrants because it seems that's what they are. What do you do when they're not listening? I love your, to, to, to your opinion on that. Well, I think first and foremost, we and, and you know, it sounds like so simple, but the power of prayer, we have to pray for our leaders as frustrating, as frustrating as it can be. And for me, one of the most frustrating, in addition to Joe Biden is Nancy Pelosi, when she announced, for example, her reelection uh, last week and or two weeks ago, and she said that she's doing it for the children. And she said that three times. I mean, it took everything in my power not to take something and throw it at the TV screen. If you think about how she has been so far left in terms of so many policies that negatively affect children, especially starting with abortion. I mean, she does not give one inch in terms of uh, legalized abortion. She wants it all or nothing. So that to me was just off the charts that we have to pray for her as Archbishop Corleone is doing and offering up roses for Nancy Pelosi and praying for her consistently offering masses. So we start with that. We start with the power of prayer. And then what are the systems set up for us to deal with people with whom we should be able to communicate, but they're not open to that. Well, when you come to, for example, politicians in the United States, we can engage in dialogue, we can call the, the White House, or we can write letters, do so respectfully. The same thing with our, our representatives. We should call the offices, especially in our own areas. You should call your senators and your representatives and let them know that you are one of their constituents because you are paying for their salary. And the way things are looking right now in terms of uh, a lot of people across the board, uh, and this this goes for both Democrats, Republicans, and now even independents are really speaking up and are, are very upset about what's going on, at least in the United States, in terms of, of problems uh, with the extreme left basically controlling everything. If you look at a survey that was just done, it shows, and James Carville said this just recently, that just about six or seven percent of the members of the Democratic Party, only six to seven percent hold similar views, for example, of the squad or the, or the Nancy Pelosi's of the world that are on the extreme left. And so this administration is catering to that very small group of people. Well, we can still, of course, go to the polls, and that's coming up in November. We can speak out respectfully, as I said, let our senators and representatives know. And the Catholic Church talks about this. It talks about engagement, and, and the catechism has lots to say about this. And then we ask them to listen to us, so we do what we can, and then and we leave that there. And then we do the same thing with the media. We can certainly let them know that we're not going to watch. We're not going to go on their website. We're not going to support them. And that is going to affect 
eventually ratings, which will affect, affect eventually the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And so then we can do what we can to reach out through radio stations like this one, uh, through other outlets that are open to listening to all sorts of voices. So there are things that we can do, but at the end of the day, we have to keep doing what we are called to do, what God calls us to do and not give up. I, I mean, this is a great absolutely. subject, actually. Um, I'm sorry, Joe, please. No, 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 no. I was saying absolutely. Teresa Tamio joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. And we are talking about um, the 2022 pontifical message for World Communications Day. Communications, which is lacking, Joe Resinello. I'm going to hand it over to you. Obviously, and that's a great subject, talking to someone who doesn't want to listen. And there's a lot of that going on in our society. So what do you do? I mean, I've thought about this, particularly in my own family. I mean, mm -hmm. like people don't listen. They don't listen, even when it's a good message. Why? People are wounded. There's reasons why people don't listen. They put up walls. And here's something that I have trouble with, but I've thought about it for a long time, it doesn't matter what you're saying. It doesn't matter even if it's right. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to listen to it. The wall comes down only with love. And even right. then it doesn't come down sometimes because they have to take it down. You can't dismantle it. It's their wall. So there comes a point where, to be honest with you, I don't go there to use a term in New Jersey, like on certain mm -hmm. things, because it's not worth having that conversation. It's not going to be, it's not going to be fruitful. Right. Talk that's about that point. because I it's, think that's the only way we get ground on some things to communicate. It's so funny. You should say that because Deacon Dom just preached on this, <laughs> this whole thing, because we had a similar experience when we went back to his hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania, need I say more, uh, and it's it's very interesting what happened. He tells a story about walking into a relative's home, and and this relative knows how involved that we are in the pro-life movement. Dominic was featured in the Deacon magazine recently for his work as a sidewalk counselor, and and I've been involved uh, with him in, in many stages and, and and various activities of the pro-life movement. And on this relative's refrigerator was an article from the local newspaper, which is absolutely a liberal. Um, and I, I'm not. It really is a liberal rag. There's, it's a very, very poor paper. It's not a very good publication. And it was all about how you could be pro-life, but when pro-life meant outside the womb, not inside the womb. And it was prominently displayed on the refrigerator for all to see. And this person knows, knows how, and this is a Catholic home, right? Another Catholic home. This person knows how involved we are in the pro-life movement. And I looked at that and this, this relative uh, went into the restroom and I said to Dominic, I pointed out the article and he took pictures of it and then went home and read it. And he said, you know, we didn't bring it up at Christmas time because as you said, first of all, you have to kind of pick your battles. When are you going to pick something up? When are you going to talk about it? And how are you going to talk about it? Dominic still intends to have the conversation with the person, but he's praying about how and when, but you're right. Sometimes it really isn't worth it. You have to think, okay, maybe I'm not the person who's going to be communicating this message because they won't listen, especially when it comes, I think, to siblings, because siblings also always have a, um, a way of looking at us. Like we're still the kid they grew up with, or you don't know anything, you're the baby, or you're my big brother, you're always bossing me around. And so there's automatically that wall. It, it could be possible at some point, there are times, but I really think you have to weigh that very carefully and listen to what God is telling you about how to reach out to that person. But you're right, Joe, because that person has to agree to bring down the wall in their own heart before you can really make an impact. Does that make Absolutely. sense? No, I oh, think it, it's spot on. And I, because I run into the wall with my head. 
I mean, mm-hmm. like in all truthfulness, <laughs> in my own with my own family. And I got right. to like, and you have to just come to that point where you just say it like because I think just because you say something that's true and it is true, for instance, it's not an opinion that abortion is wrong. Right. That's true. So I'm just using that as a subject matter, to, you know, like, but that doesn't matter. The wall is up. Mm-hmm. At that point, you have to love the wall down and you have to love the person. And maybe a- God will help them to take the wall down, but they have to do it. But that's right. that's of course what we pray for, as Teresa Tamio mentioned. Um, that we 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 obviously have to pray for these people. Like we said, we 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 we're all Italians. We have some cabados people in our families. You know what I mean? Oh, that we, that we have to do. You know, and for all those non-Italians out there, that means all the testadoras, the hardheads. Testadora, that's right. Um, and of which I was one. I mean, maybe I still am to a degree. Um, and yeah, so I, I mean, I had a good priest tell me recently, because sometimes I, I, I want to try to shoulder this burden of trying to help a person tear down that wall. And a good priest, a very good priest who loves souls, um, who, that's all he does. He says to me, Joe, what are you going to do other than pray for them? You've been trying for a long time. Continue to pray, but they're going to do what they're going to do. And when you have an opportunity, then seize that opportunity. But in the meantime, just keep praying. Let's switch gears a little bit. We don't have Teresa for a long time today or for probably the full hour. She's very, very busy. So we're very grateful that she's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Let's talk about journalism. That's your that's your area of expertise, uh, you know, Teresa, and and this is what we found out recently in some research. You said that the average American spends on average 11 hours a day connected to some form of media. This is why it's so important that the Pope also gave a clear directive to the media and specifically to journalists, reminding them of the importance of listening carefully to the variety of voices. The Pope stressed without listening, there is no good journalism. Journalists need to listen to many voices in order to ensure the reliability and seriousness of the information they transmit. Teresa, in my lifetime, in our lifetimes, you know, the New York Times has always had a liberal bent, let's say. Okay. Right. But they always had some conservatives there. I remember when William Sapphire was a uh, you know, one of the contributing conservative columnists. Okay. You had more, even in liberal outlets, you still had conservative voices. Okay. Um, there was a bit more of a balance. They understood that half the country or more is conservative. Okay. That seems to have gone out the window now. No, mm-hmm. balance in journalism it, it doesn't seem to exist. Talk a, a little bit more and expand on that comment that I just read that you had made recently. Yeah, it's it's so crucial and, and it's it's everywhere. Unfortunately, I was doing a segment on, on Catholic Connection uh, the other day that I call In the News, where I, I look at the media specifically. And I was talking about one of my friends who still works in, in the secular media at, this, at a very big, large uh, Midwestern newspaper. He's a good Catholic man hanging on for dear life and, and one of the few voices we have left, sent me a link to one of their... Uh, posts that they put on their website, this particular publishing company is looking for a new political editor. And right off the bat, they went after, and I'm just saying this because this is this is where they were claiming that they were standing. They talked about um, former President Donald Trump. They talked about how this person has to be well aware of, of all the horrible things. I mean, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically saying that unless you are in line with us in terms of attacking uh, particular candidates on the right, then you're not, you shouldn't even apply for this job. I mean, it was that specific in naming different politicians, including Trump, including issues with the election in 2020, including current issues in Michigan, for example, left-leaning issues. They were very clear 
that they were saying that you're going to be a political editor, but only if you have this political bent. I mean, this is a secular newspaper. This isn't even, let's say, a publication of a leftist organization that's producing this, so to speak. Like, let's say, I don't know, a, a particular branch of the Democratic Party, which technically, I guess you could say they are based on the way they cover things. But this was a secular paper owned by Gannett Publishing, saying that if you're a political editor, in no uncertain terms, and again, I'm paraphrasing, I don't have the, the job post right in front of me, but saying you have to have this particularly left-leaning if you're going to have, for a political editor at a secular paper. You know, I'll that, be honest, that doesn't shock me. And, no, and, but it's, it's, and, it's just, it's, it's unheard of in terms of the way journalists are supposed to be trained. And I, granted, I'm out of J school for a long time, but it's a, you're supposed to be impartial. You're supposed to at least try to attempt some level of objectivity and impartiality. I mean, they're not even hiding it anymore. They're blatantly saying you need to be on the left of the left of the left to apply for this job. Don't even bother. I mean, that that's, that's, no, I, I, I hear you. I mean, like, Listen, this is how I look at it. I have more of a, a business bent on it. I'll just use CNN as an example. They've made a business decision. They're targeting. It's a bad one. Oh, a bad one. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. But that's what, sadly, people don't see that, though. You see, people look at it sometimes with innocent eyes. They're targeting a demographic, just like Fox targets a demographic. Right. The, the truth has nothing to do with it. Because ultimately, it comes down to this, and I'm, I like your comment on this. People want to be affirmed. The truth has nothing to do with it. You see, I used to think that people want to hear the truth. Most people don't. Because if you present the truth that kind of affronts them, they immediately tune you out. They immediately push you away. They want to be in their chair with their Doritos and their Budweiser or their Chardonnay, whichever you prefer, and watch the television and say, yes, because it affirms me. The truth has nothing to do with it. I'm interested in your comment, but that's what I believe, and I get that from watching social media. People aren't interested in clearly looking at a truth. Teresa, we're going to a break soon. So, uh, yeah, we love your comments on that. All right. Well, I, I'll just give you a little bit. Then we'll take a break and come back. I we have, think well, we have about three. We have about three, four minutes. Okay. Well, I, th I think a good chunk of people, if you if you look at the research that's done, and I, I do research on this all the time, I would say that's true. But I also believe that a lot of it has to do with the media and their own decisions. They are so into their ideology. And Deacon Dom and I were just discussing that in relationship to another interview I did recently on Catholic Connection. They're so into their ideologies that they don't care about the money. And they don't even care about their audience. And because if they're losing an audience, for example, CNN, their ratings are in the toilet. That's true. They are hemorrhaging viewers and they don't care. And the thing that amazes me from a business model, Joe, somebody is still financing them. Somebody is yes. still funding them because I can tell you being in the secular media every single day when I walked in the newsroom, the EP, the executive producer, the MD, the news director, the station manager were in the newsroom pouring over what we call the nightlies, the Nielsen ratings to see what was happening, to see what story played well, what newscast did well, what newscast didn't do well. And so ratings are were, at least when I was in the business, extremely important, especially now because of the added revenue that comes from your websites, right? And the advertising on the web. And so they want people not only to watch the evening news, but they also want you to click on the website because more clicks means more advertising dollars. And so somebody is funding 
these networks because they're losing viewers. I don't know how they're paying their bills unless somebody is financing them. So I really don't think they care. They want to affirm themselves because they all live in an echo chamber. I don't think they really care that much about the viewer, but do people want to be affirmed? Sure. But you mentioned Fox News. Yes, Fox News comes at that from a, from a right-leaning position. Of course, CNN and the others are, are left-leaning, but I will say this about Fox. Not that they're perfect. I have a lot of issues with a lot of their, their hosts and what they do, but when they have people who disagree with them on, they don't name call, they don't attack them, they give them an opportunity to speak. And at least they're listening and allowing different voices to be on the air. They do have some people that think differently than the majority of the people on their show. Laura Ingram does a good job of that. I think uh, Tucker Carlson does a good job of that. Are they perfect? No. Do they get into their own little echo chambers at times? Yes. But I think they're a lot more flexible than, let's say, a CNN. I I, I, I... I want to just comment on that. I was about to say, is it funny, Teresa? I think you were reading my mind. That's one thing. I'm not a defender of Fox either. I got a lot of problems with with, yeah. with, with Fox um, and, and some of their, let's say, um, like the Sean Hannity's of the world, which we won't get into now, okay? But I, you know, I, I understand that Fox is more right-leaning. I never hear the vitriol coming no. out of their mouths. I... I've watched with anger. You want, you mentioned earlier, I mean, we're Italian, throwing remote controls at the TV. We grew up with that stuff, okay? Mm -hmm. Especially if you're a New York Jets fan, all right? You're always throwing the remote control at the TV. But the thing is, <laughs> when you see these people, all right, nobody nobody cheeses me off more than Jessica Tarloff or, mm -hmm. or Richard Fowler or Dick Goodstein, okay? I never see those people getting attacked by Hannity or Laura or Tucker or any of them. The way and the people that support them, okay, the way the left-wing media attacks people like us, that we're to be we're to be ostracized, we're to be shunned, we have to stay in our homes. They want to they want to. We're gonna when we come back from the break, we're gonna talk about cancel culture, okay? Right. I don't see equal treatment. So this BS line. Well, both sides do it. No, they don't. No, they don't. I watch Newsmax. I watch uh, Steve Bannon's, uh, his network. I watch Fox, okay? Not overly, okay? But I, I do chime, you know, uh, watch once in a while. I don't see that, that name calling, that, that disparaging people, the way Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo and, and Rachel Maddow and the rest of them do over at those other stations. And that's a fact. And people need to get that through their heads. We're dealing with some very, very vicious people. So I just mm -hmm. wanted to chime in on, on your comment. Let's go to well, a I break. do think that some of their monologues can be a little bit strong, but at the same time, they don't call for a canceling of other people. They allow the voices to be heard. And even if they strongly disagree with them, they're not calling for the cancel culture. They're not saying we have to take so-and-so off the air. They, they, they right. don't say that. They will strongly disagree with them. Uh, and maybe they won't be as charitable as they need to be at times. But overall, I, I, I think they allow for a variety of, vo of voices versus the other networks. But again, let's hold that thought. Let's hold okay. that thought and go to a break. You're with the okay. front line with Joe and Joe. We have Teresa Tamio and we're talking about communicating the 2022 pontifical message for World Communications Day. Stick around. We have another great segment with Teresa Tamio. Don't go anywhere. Listen to all five of our original Veritas shows. Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank, where Bishop Frank Caggiano talks about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. You can hear The Frontline with Joe and Joe every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. Their guests include the biggest names in the Catholic world, and Joe and Joe talks to them from the perspective of the everyday Catholic. 
Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, tune in for the only late night talk show on Catholic media anywhere. It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. And at noon on Friday is Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Right after that, at 12.30, you can hear the Focus on Veritas, where we put the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows, and there's more on the way. Stay up to date at VeritasCatholic.com or on the mobile app. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Rasinolo. Let's jump right back in on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We're having a great conversation with a good friend of ours, Teresa Tamio. We're talking about communicating. World Communications Day, the 2022 Pontifical Message. Uh, Teresa, you could just, that would have been one of our questions anyway about canceling and everything else. So at the end of the segment, you were talking about, you know, the way that if, if you have a different point of view than people on the left, right away you could lose your job, blah, blah, blah. We're, we're, we're immersed in cancel culture, please keep going on that topic. Well, I want to go back to the beautiful uh, World Communications Day statement, and people can find it at Vatican.va. They can find it at EWTN.com. They can find it on my Facebook page. But he talks about listening is therefore the first indispensable ingredient of dialogue and good communication. Communication does not take place if listening has not taken place, and there is no good journalism without the ability to listen in order to provide, and we were just talking about this, solid balance and complete information, it is necessary to listen for a long time. To recount an event or describe an experience in news reporting, it is essential to know how to listen, to be ready to change one's mind, to modify one's initial assumptions. Oh my gosh, this is so simple, but can be so so important if it's applied right now to the media, which they're not doing for the most part. Sure, sure. I, I, well, yeah, you're right. They're they're not doing it for the most. Yeah, Teresa, not for anything. I mean, Joe and I don't get paid to do this. Okay, mm -hmm. we're both working men. Bottom line is, we get canceled in a second if these people had their way. And you want to know right. what? They, and again, I'm going to say it one more time before I hand it over to Joe. We don't do that to them. Right. I don't like to do that us and them thing. But in this case, yes, right and left, conservative and liberal. Okay, we don't call for them to be fired. We don't want them to not be able to put food on their table. We're not wishing them any harm. Okay, but they're doing it to us. And there is no question about that. Joe Racinello. Before we get into the cancel culture, I just want to talk about communicating in general. Um, I've never met Mother Teresa, but I know people who have. And what they used to say about her is when she- I met her. I met her when I was an intern at WJR Radio in Detroit. I met her. Well, you yeah. actually could maybe like affirm what I'm about to say is sure. in the sense that when she spoke with you, you were the only person in the room. Yep. I've heard people say that, numerous people. Um, and she was an important person. I mean, like, let's be honest. I mean, she won the Nobel Prize. She was known all around the world. I also heard this said about the Cardinal from Paris. I don't recall his name, but he was a Jewish convert. Same thing. When he spoke to you, you were the only person in the room. That's the art of communicating. That yep. says something to somebody, particularly if you're an important person. It says, you're just as important as me, and I'm going to listen to you. Talk about that for a moment, because I think that's something we all can work on when it comes to communicating. 
Well, people ask me all the time, and I'll, I can share the story about Mother Teresa, but let me just share a story about the importance of listening one-on-one. -on -one. People ask me all the time, well, how do you how do you do your job, and, and why does it sound like you're just having a conversation, and why do I feel like I'm sitting at the table with you having a cup of coffee? That's the biggest compliment a radio host can get. And so I tell people, I listen. And well, what about questions? Don't you route out all your questions? No. Well, first of all, I, I've got 40 years under my belt, so I know what the heck I'm doing. So there's a certain amount of, of, of training that goes with that. But yes, I look at what book the person has written. Yes, I look at their bio. Yes, I look at, okay, this is what the, you know, communications company or the publishing company would like to highlight in the book. But the first thing I do, and a lot of hosts don't do this, you guys do this, but a lot of hosts don't. I talk to my guests during the break. I connect with every person that is on my show. No matter how small they think, you know, their little activity may be, or how important they may be, whether it's a Dr. Scott Hahn, who's incredibly well known in the Catholic world and beyond, or you know, someone who's running a, you know, a, a fundraiser for a pro-life group, I talk to them during the break. I get them comfortable, and I listen to them. And I listen for a lot of things. I listen for a tone of voice. I listen for what excites them. I listen to what they have to say. So many people make the mistake of just moving from one thing to the next and not listening. And getting back to Mother Teresa, she did that with me. I, I, I was responsible for, I was a news intern at this particular station, which is a big AM 50,000 water station in Detroit, still the big news talk station, uh, WJR, um, the great voice of the Great Lakes. And I was a news intern, but then I also wanted to learn more about production and about interviewing. And so I asked if I could hang out with um, one of the a, a Catholic guy, Catholic uh, talk show host who's long uh, left us, J.P. McCarthy, was famous in the Midwest. And he hosted a new show called Focus. In, and I met the producer, Hal Youngblood, and he said, okay, you can help us out. Your, your responsibility will be to go get the guests down in the lobby, bring them up in the elevator, get them in the green room, get them comfortable, get them water, kind of get them relaxed. And so I had the opportunity to do that with Mother Teresa, now St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And she had a small entourage with her, two other sisters, I think, and, and one person that was that was helping her in her travels, but both on the way up the elevator, and it was like, I don't know, on the 15th, 16th floor. So we had some time, and both on the way down and in the green room, she started asking me questions, and she was extremely interested. And she, she asked me about my name, and she noticed I spelled it the same way, T-E, no H, T-E-R-E-S-A. We talked about Teresa of Avila. She talked about you know me going into journalism. She said a little prayer over me uh, before as I walked her down after the interview, but she did make me feel very special and that I mattered. And that's why listening is so important. Again, it goes back to the dignity of the human person. There's well, no doubt I'm, about it. And that's an art. There, I, that, there's an art to that. You know, like it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. Right. You know, like in, in all things, it's how you say it. It's how people perceive you. Are you sincere? Joe, let me, I want to just say, the, but remember, see, talking about, Teresa was talking about listening, and obviously that's a big part of this conversation that we're having at the front line with Joe and Joe. And I think we all get this, but we need to emphasize to people, when someone's talking to you, they know whether or not you're listening to them. They, they know yeah. when they're looking in your face whether or not you're just in your own head or thinking about the next comment you're going to make. People recognize that. That's why I think people respond. Um, and with Joe and I have been blessed. We've, we've uh, encountered in our comment box some people that actually are thinking about coming into the Catholic Church by the grace of God, right. all right, because they're listening to our show. I think they understand that we get it. We get it. You want to know why? Because we actually, we, you know, we, in our personal lives and in every other way, especially with the front line, we, we're actually 
listening to one another. And people get that. When you're talking to somebody, Teresa, who might have a beef with the Catholic Church, but yet they still think in their mind they might want to join the Catholic Church, what are you going to do? You're going to mm -hmm. listen to them, but they right. know when you're not. Mm -hmm. And I think people need to get that through their head. If you really want to touch people, and, and, and let them know that you're really authentic. Like you said about Mother Teresa, who you, who's authentically listening to you. That's right. what we need to do. And then their hearts and minds will be open because they know that we've taken the time to absorb what they said and then respond with that love and compassion and truth that we need to. Let's, real quick, because we know we don't have you for a long time, Teresa, and we're really appreciative of you coming on the show. I know Joe wanted to get into some get get into some social media things, which, quite frankly, Teresa Tamio are pretty scary if you ask us, Joe. Well, I I mean, like obviously, social media is here to stay in America, and people spend a lot of time on it. Um, clearly, but it's it's leading to a lot of trouble. We could talk about kids, for instance, kids who have iPhones. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. When I was a kid, you know, if you got your hands on a Playboy, you, you thought you found gold uh, mm -hmm. at 14 years old. But that's the least of your concern. I'm a father of five. I mean, I have three boys. That's the least of your concern nowadays. You hand your kid an iPhone, they could access a lot of scary stuff. Um, not to mention you see a lot of kids that are taking uh, pictures of themselves that aren't really that proper and putting them on TikTok. I mean, do we get it? I mean, like, like, I mean, like to me, that's a no brainer. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting you should bring this up because right before our interview, I'm, I'm on these different email lists of these different research uh, organizations and uh, institutes that study media. And I received a, a, a very interesting study from this organization that interviewed, get this guys, admissions directors at colleges around the country and how many of them take social media activity of young people very, very seriously, whether to consider them for admission to their school. And this just came out and the numbers are still pretty high, close to 70% of admission directors around the country at colleges, when they look at social media, they take it seriously. So if somebody has been, as you said, Joe, taking some questionable pictures, posting some pretty uh, awful or awkward videos on TikTok, that is impacting their future. And I think kids are, you know, the, the part of the brain that doesn't react to, to serious issues, I don't think it's developed what, I mean, Dr. Ray Grundy talks about this until our early 20s. And so at some point, young people, we can't expect them to be totally rational about it. That's why the parenting is so important. And that's why a 10-year-old doesn't need the latest iPhone or the latest Android. The parents have got to be more involved in this and they need to listen to the voices out there that are impacting the culture and eventually their kids. I remember when I first started doing research, when I was working on my very first book, and this is like 14 years ago, when I was doing more research for my book, Noise. And I had someone who was an expert in uh, computer technology. She told me, you tell your readers that if you allow your kids on better unmonitored access to the internet. And back then it was before every kid had an iPhone or every kid had an Android or whatever, or a laptop or an iPad. She said, if you allow your kid to just roam freely on the internet, and think about this, this was a day when not everything was available on the cell phone. Now everything is on the iPhone, right? She said, you might as well do the same, take the same thing and drop them off, pick them up and drop them off. And all of us are from the East Coast, so we get this analogy big time. Drop them off in Times Square at two o'clock in the morning, because that's exactly what you're doing. And this, oh, again, no was 14, 15 years ago. So in terms of listening, 
what are we as adults doing to listen to these voices that are flooding our homes? That statistic I gave you, uh, adults themselves are, are, are taking in 11 hours of this stuff. Now, I'd like to say, you know, 10 of those hours are listening to Catholic radio and watching EW Chan, but that which would be, would be a beautiful thing. Let's yeah, let, 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 let's be clear. That would be a beautiful thing. <laughs> right. So in terms of listening, we have to not only listen to each other, but we have to at least have an open ear to what's happening out there in the culture because it affects all of us, especially our kids. But, you know, I, I'm glad you brought up like college admissions, because clearly uh, when you said that, I mean, some of these colleges are very far left and they have particular ideas um, that they want their students to comport with, particularly, I'll use an example, say traditional marriage. If you're for traditional marriage, which is what marriage is, um, you're not going to that school. And I want to say this, I don't care. How does that sound? Mm-hmm. I could get fired from my job and I'm Catholic and I don't care. I will speak the truth on social media and I will tell people I'm Catholic and I don't care because God will take care of me. And you know something? That's something we're not seeing. Too many people are strategic. Listen, I work on Wall Street. I've been around the block too. I've been there. I've survived there for 23 years. And I don't care. I'm going to tell people I'm Catholic. And you know something? If I'm, you know, Father Harden said this, we're supposed to know the truth, speak the truth, live the truth. And here's the one that no one wants to hear. We're supposed to suffer for the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're not seeing. And too many Catholics aren't saying it. I'm talking not in a nasty way. I'm talking about saying it, communicating the truth as it is from the deposit of faith. I don't well, see Ter- it. Teresa, I love your comments on that, because at the end of the day, we're supposed to suffer for the truth. We And I think we mentioned this on our the last time you were on with us at the front line with Joe and Joe. We have a hard enough time just leaving aside like suffering for for the truth okay we don't want any discomfort at all we won't even cancel netflix or hbo when they make blasphemous movies so talk about maybe this need especially in this 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 swamp of a culture of ours to accept some discomfort or as resinello likes to say get out of the boat and stop looking for just comfort because if that's the case you're sacrificing your children to this what uh, what do you say about that teresa well i i think it's for every single one of us it's it's not easy i'm not going to sit here and say you know it's easy to do and it's not scary i can remember when i walked away from the secular media in 2000 i mean it took me a couple of years i, I was just talking about this i just did another interview with uh, my friends at real presence radio because i'm doing a, a talk there actually in in early march but i yeah I, I was scared because i thought well i can't do this anymore because of what the media had become and this was again 20 plus years ago but i knew i i couldn't do it anymore more i knew i could not make money from this industry that was doing nothing but but causing harm i wasn't helping the situation i felt like by staying in i was making it worse and so i just said okay uncle uh, i i offered it up now also i have to, i have to be very honest my husband was very very supportive and even though i left uh, a job behind my last job was as a news director in secular media i was making decent money i also had someone who who had an income my husband had an income so there are things to consider that and and you 
should be willing to put yourself out there as you both are, but you also have a family to take care of. So what God does is God wants you to discern. And so maybe you don't do, you know, the whole Monty right away. Like I did, I up and left because I just couldn't take it anymore. It was affecting my psyche. It was affecting everything. And I, I wasn't happy and I didn't feel I was doing any good. And I had the support system. Now, Sometimes you have to do it without a support system, but also if you have children, you do have a responsibility to your family. So how do you do that? That's discernment. That's where you talk with the spiritual director. That's where you, you go to prayer. That's where you talk to other people maybe who've made the transition. So I think we can't just say everybody has to get up and, and walk away from a job. It's not that simple. It's a very complicated decision that requires a lot of um, discernment. But at the end of the day, if it is causing you as I felt it was for me, um, not that I was sinning working there, but I was certainly adding to the cultural problems. I couldn't do it anymore. And so I had to just say, I'm done here. But we, it, was, it wasn't easy. It was very scary because I, I wasn't employed for a while. And then I just said, okay, Lord, how do you want to use me? And gradually he showed me that he was going to bring me into Catholic radio. I didn't even know Catholic radio existed. So it does take time. It does take discernment, but we need to be willing to do that. And once you do that, we always talk about... Even in marriage, I just wrote an, an endorsement for Ted Shree's new book, um, and, and it's a beautiful new book that he and his wife wrote together about marriage. And I love the title because it talks about the blessings and also the suffering and the joy that comes in marriage. You know, there's that old joke about marriage, right? There's the engagement ring, the wedding ring, and the suffering. But <laughs> God doesn't leave you alone in, in your suffering. And that suffering brings out great fruit and brings such happiness and joy. Like, I have had so much joy in my life after leaving the secular media. I was like, I thought that was the be all and end all, but what God has given me, I just never even thought I would be doing, talking to folks like you and, you know, doing a radio show on on, on so many stations and writing books and, and being able to talk about my faith. God recognizes your sacrifice. And so even when we do suffer for him, it's Romans 8, 28, all things working together for good. We have to believe what he says. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He never leaves us or forsakes us. And we are rewarded, obviously in heaven, but you know, a lot of times we're rewarded in this life, spiritually, emotionally, for, for what we do when we stand up for the truth. Mm. Well, we and got, we, we have to, we and to obviously do. you have to use judgment. Um, right. But, but with that said, I mean, um, we can't dance around things. I, I, no, I really absolutely. believe that our culture, we're, we're seeing now the sheep and the goats. We're seeing it. And it, the, the ante may even get stepped up even more. And ultimately Christ says I don't know you. Right. If you like, and he also says, if you speak of me, I'll speak to my father about you. But if you don't, I don't know you. And here, and we have to communicate the truth, all of it, everything. And that put Christ on the cross. And right. that Therese, may put us on it too. Yep. Teresa, do, yep. do you have to run? I've got about uh, three more minutes if you guys can. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you do? Why don't you do this rather than us? We, 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 we obviously we love having a conversation with you. Uh, you're our paisan. You're our friend at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Got a couple minutes. Um, talk a little bit about what you want to impart to our audience. Leave our audience with about Pope Francis's message about communication. Anything you like, and where everybody who's listening to us can find you. And then you could click out, Joe and I will continue the rest of the conversation. Well, first of all, thank you so much. I can't believe the hour is almost up. It always flies by with you guys that I shouldn't be surprised with three Italians talking. Talk nice. 
<laughs> Mamma Mia. Well, I, my website, very easy, TeresaTamio.com. Everything is there. If you're interested in learning more about Italy, TravelItalyExpert.com. And I really just, I, I'm saying this all the time. I sound like, and you, you, the, you know, three of us are old enough to remember broken records, which I don't even know how many people remember records anymore, but I sound like a broken record, but please read these documents. Don't let them sit on the shelf, so to speak, because these communications day statements have been coming for 56 years. This is a 56th World Communications Day statement, and they started after Vatican II. And if you want to know what the church has to say about the media, I think I think we might have I think lost you will be Teresa. so encouraged and you'll read this and you go, wow, where have I been media in Intermorifica, the documents from Vatican II and in World Communications Day statements. So World Communications Day statements come out every year on the feast day of St. Francis de Sales, January 24th. They're little nuggets. They're filled with gems and filled with great advice. And the church teaching is very, very consistent. She says the same thing to us over and over again, and we can apply it to every era of our life, even the media. Well, we want to thank you for that, Teresa Tamio, for joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Uh, yeah, I know you're going to be back soon because you can't help it. You'll uh, The three paisans have to get together and just hash out this culture war, this spiritual battle. Keep going into the breach, as Bishop Olmsted said. Um, Amen. Get into the breach. Get in there. We have a lot of support, mostly because we have the support of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ and his blessed mother and the church, okay? So fear not how many times Jesus said that in Scripture. Fear not. And that's what we have to do. Teresa Tamio, you don't fear at all. That's why we love you to death. And also, so, I want to say, too, you're, you, the way you present things in a very charitable way is something uh, I respect greatly, actually, and frankly, something I have to work on. Um, and hopefully God will guide me. I pray for that, and I, I appreciate it, and I learn from it. Yeah, Teresa, you're still there? Okay, so um, so Teresa clicked out. I'm losing Obviously, you guys a little bit, but yeah, we were losing you a little bit there, Teresa. I've I've got it wrong, but just want to say thank you, and I'm happy to come on with you guys anytime. All right, God so bless we'll you. Enjoy you Italy too. God bless you. Thanks, so, ciao. Yeah. Ciao. So yeah, Joe. Um, you know we got we have a little bit more uh, left. Usually that doesn't happen. We have somebody for the full hour. So now it's just you, you and me and the Veritas Catholic Radio Network audience. But I I do think that's important. You know, a lot of people might think in their minds, well, well, you two guys do a lot of talking. Do you do you do any listening? Yeah, yeah, we do a lot of listening. No, I look at it this way, Joe, uh, and I'll I'll throw it over to you. I don't think you and I, I mean, we naturally tend to be conservative in our politics because I think as a faithful Catholic, you're going to tend to lean more towards the conservative uh, political worldview, okay? But in the time we're doing this show and leading up to this show over the last three or four years, my, my positions have changed on a number of things. I think that you and I do an excellent job of, of, of listening and not falling into, let's say, political ideology and setting up false gods like that, okay, where we question the right just as much as we question the left. The thing is the left, I think, is just laying it on real thick. Um, I think we do a pretty good job of that. We're a pretty good example of being able to voice your opinion while at the same time listening to those who are offering an alternative opinion. What do you think? I, I, I would agree. I mean, what I sometimes try to do too, I mean, it comes down to being judgmental and I'm guilty of it. Um, I, I think you have to try to listen for why the why the person is saying what they're saying. A lot of times there are wounds. People are afraid, you know, um, 
and and frankly, we have to be compassionate. You know, it comes down to that. It's like being a friend to people. Uh, just because they don't see eye to eye with you on everything, and I'm talking about even people who are so far apart that doesn't there's there's many things that you could find common ground in our basic humanity see that's what our faith does you see christ in that person and i think that the purer our heart gets the more we can do that um with people and that's why to be honest with you and something i said to joe when we started this i mean we have to really develop our interior life that's what's going to make this show good because i think the more your you 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 basically your heart changes the more you'll see in that person christ and frankly the more you'll listen to him I think so. And I, I think that really, like I said earlier, um, when we were talking with Teresa Tamio at the front line with Joe and Joe, I mean, I think I, I honestly believe in my experience, Joe, um, you know, since I came back, to, like I said, I always say came back to the church. I never quite left the church, but certainly wasn't practicing. But when I started actually taking the faith seriously in my mid 30s, OK, I've had a lot of conversations about the faith. And I think that's an that's a gift. I'm not, I'm not going to say that, you know, it's not something that I, I think I was, uh, you know, I developed. I think it was just a pure gift. God gave me the ability to listen, and, and people do respond to that. When someone hears what you're saying and you know they're listening to you, you automatically develop a, a trust with that person, I think. Okay. And I've gained the trust of a lot of people simply by opening my heart and opening my ears. Listen, sometimes people say things that, that I think as a Catholic are repugnant. Okay, um, but nonetheless, I you know I listen and try to respond with with truth and compassion and charity. Okay, but I remember when I used to say a lot of things that were repugnant, if you know what I mean. Okay, back when I was away from the church. Okay, one of the things that opened my heart was that that, that I know that there were people that actually listened to my concerns, good priests, good religious that I came across that God put in my path. That opened my heart to say, you want to know what? I got to get back to church. I got to get back to the sacraments. My, as you like to say on the show, my way's not cutting it. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, a lot of people are going to probably, you know how it is, Joe, we're all in camps now, even in the Catholic Church. They're probably, you know, I can hear the voices out there. All you guys are talking about Pope Francis. He says this, that, and the other thing, um, and he's wrong about this, that. Well, that's, guess what? As Teresa Tamio said, he's, but that doesn't mean everything he says you have to question. And if, his, if it, in this message about listening, I think he's spot on. I, well, I think you know, but the, but the thing is, you have to take that's where people are wrong. Like, like, like there's good, the worst person on the earth. And I'm not equating that with the Pope, but I'm just saying like the worst person could say something good. Acknowledge it. Like, again, it comes down to basic respect. Joe, and, even and, Joe Biden. But even, he could say Joe, something or do something <laughs> good too. I was little, I was but I mean, like, like people. You see, people are too concerned. They put on masks when they communicate. They're, they're like, that's the, uh, the, the true definition of humility is this. I don't care if you praise me and I don't care if you curse me. It doesn't matter. I have to look God in the face. The only person that we should be concerned about is God's opinion of us. We should speak the truth. Now, clearly, we're flawed people. We're all flawed. We're all human. We all have concupiscence. But we have to speak the truth. But I find that people are owned. You see, to be free means that you speak 
to God, the truth. We're owned. We're afraid. We're afraid of what people are going to say. We're afraid of not being invited to the barbecue. We're afraid of being pushed aside. Bottom line is we should be afraid that we don't get into heaven. Mm. That's what I'm afraid of. Right. And all those other things, to be honest with you, I try to fight against. I try to be true to myself and to be God and, and to God, to be honest with you, and listen to people when they don't agree with you. That doesn't mean you can't be their friend and you can love them just the same. Joe, if, 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 if I only judge people to be my friends who agree with me, I'd have no friends or I'd have very few. Let's put it like that. Most of the people I consider friends do not agree with me. I mean, they agree with me on certain fundamental things, but generally speaking, they tend to be more liberal, um, certainly not Catholic, even those who were baptized Catholic. They're still my friends. I still love them and pray for them every day. When opportunities arise for me to talk to them, okay, uh, where they might ask me something about the faith, one of my friends I mentioned to you, um, I thought he was very adamant about not, not practicing the faith, okay, and, and about... A few, uh, probably about three or four months ago, you know, I happened to mention about confession. He says, you know, can you help me out with that? I think I think I need to go see a good priest. And, and by the grace of God, you know, God used me in that way. Um, he has now uh, been back to the sacraments, going to Mass, you know, uh, going to confession, receiving the Eucharist. This is a beautiful thing. But, Joe, I think to your point and our larger point, and then we got to go, if I didn't listen, if he, if he saw me as a person who just was preachy, 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 okay? That wouldn't have happened. But because I listened to his concerns and then I addressed his concerns in, in, a, in conversations taking place over the course of a number of years, now he's back to the sacraments. I think that's a great way to convert people. Joe, final thought, real quick, you got 10 seconds. Well, ultimately it comes down, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see the face of God. I think when, the well, the closer we get to God, the more we'll love people, the more we'll listen to people, even those who don't basically agree with us. And God can work miracles. And Absolutely. that starts with an ear before sometimes it's your mouth. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Great place to end it. Joe Resinello and Joe Pasillo. We want to thank you all out there for joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. We want to thank Teresa Tamio for joining us for this great conversation um, on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. Spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content and on social media thefrontlinetv.com thefrontlinetv.com is our website and you know, you can of course find us on youtube please support us in any way you can and remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere we'll talk to you soon <laughs>